Just tuned in to another episode of Chatting with Country. I am your co-host, Don Long, and this is another episode of Be Well Beloved. But before we get started, let's welcome our host. Here's Country. Hey, everybody. How's it going on this wonderful Wednesday? Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. it is just another day that ends in day. <laughs> so, <laughs> things are good on this end. How about you? It's good. It's actually a really good day here. You can see the clouds and beyond the clouds. So, a um, couple different blues going on in the sky. Oh, that's um, awesome. Some spots don't have clouds at all, but I'm on this side, so I'm good. Yeah, definitely better to be seen than viewed. And if you have a viewing or you've had to view someone recently, we will keep you in our prayers. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, going on, country? None. What are we talking about today? How was your uh, trip? You want to share with the people? You was out. Uh, you mentioned it. Yeah, I did. Uh, I guess I did mention that I was up and down and in and out. So went to Virginia for work, which was really cool. Um, was in Virginia Beach specifically. <laughs> Had a great time, got a chance to work, got a chance to go to the beach, um, got a chance to see some old friends. So it was overall a beautiful, wonderful trip. Um, One of the epiphanies that I had while I was on the plane is kind of what we're going to talk about today. And as I was telling you earlier, I was like, if I could go back to 43-year-old me, I would kiss him dead in the mouth and tell him how much I love him. <laughs> because what I realized, yes, I would kiss me in the mouth. I don't, not nobody else, me. <laughs> and what I realized is that everything that I created was, I created it from my mind. And, you know, these were thoughts and these thoughts have become a reality. So, first and foremost, just the idea that you could create something from your mind is really um, amazing. You know, there wasn't a, a grown and rich. There wasn't a Saddam Law Solutions. There wasn't a book. There wasn't any of those things. So I would really, um, if I could, go back to my 43-year-old self and say, man, thank you. You know, thank you for not getting another job, you know, and writing the book. Thank you for, you know, cutting off some people that we probably needed to cut off. Thank you for working tirelessly and, and overcoming fear and anxiety and not giving up. You know, because without 43-year-old me doing his job, 51-year-old me could not enjoy the freedom and the joy that I have now. You know, so it's kind of a humbling experience to think that, you know, you go from working for other people to working for yourself, um, that people actually think enough of you to pay you, you know, to get on a plane and come work with them in person. So, yeah, I mean, that part right there is really... um, it's just really humbling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely um, enjoy my trip. If you're ever um, in Virginia Beach, it, it, it's cool to to wake up to the ocean. So, you know, if you can get out there, definitely get out there. Um, from the people on the West Coast, I'm going to try to get to the West Coast to see if there's any difference between the West and the East in regard to the oceans, because I've never seen um, the Pacific. So that's kind of on my list of things to do next. 
Okay. So while I've been gone, what you been up to? Um, I haven't really been doing anything. Same old routine. Um, you got to check like where you're sitting. Maybe you want to shift your laptop every now and then when you speak. It's a little static behind it. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Is it better? Yeah, is it better? yeah mm -hmm. just start. Keep say something else for a while. Just talk again for a while. Okay. So how's Xander doing? Is he is he tackling people yet? Is he run for a touchdown yet? You know, that kid dropped out of school on Monday. Um, he made that his last day. Wednesday was the official last day, but he decided that, you know, the next couple of days is just gonna be days where they play and they play outside all day and he didn't want to be a part of that. And so I told him, just go to school on Monday. Make sure you tell your teacher it's the last day. And she kind of said something to him like, I'll believe it when I see it or something. And he was mm -hmm. like, well, you're going to see it because I just tried to warn you and I'm out, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I officially had enough. Yeah, he's he, he always get like that around March. It's like his checkout time. It'd be enough of school and then once he get back from spring break you know it kind of give him that extra little push to get going but once he figure out what days is which and when he get out he always have a game plan like okay i can be doing this i gotta work a little harder to get this stuff turned in bye bye i'm out that sounds like a man after my own heart you know chasing his joy and his freedom so yeah you know I think it's cool, you know, I mean, even at that age for him to have just kind of a, a sense of what works for him, you know, and even when adults are saying that, yeah, you can't do this or yeah, you shouldn't do this, that he has the the confidence and the fearlessness to say, yep, even though you don't agree with it, I'm still going to do it. Yeah, yeah, long as my duck's in a row, like what's wrong with it? Did I break protocol? You know, am I respectful? And if I'm doing these things, then I don't see a problem with it. And kudos to you for not talking them out of it. Because, you, know, oh. you know, a lot of us, you know, we have big dreams and things that God has called us to. And yeah, we just let people talk us out of it. You know, because we're looking at how are you going to do that? And how you're going to do that might not be available yet. You know, the technology might not be available. The people you're supposed to meet might not be available. But if God's putting it in your spirit, then it's time to start to move in the areas that you can move in. I think we kind of touched on that in the last podcast, you know, just not dictating what life looks like for someone else. Kind of let them figure it out themselves, who they want to date, what they want to eat, what they want to wear, right? Absolutely. You can suggest whatever you want to suggest, but at the end of the day, it's up to the person to create what life looks like for them. So it's like I can gather all these thoughts from everybody else on what I should be like, but in, at the end of the day, it'll be me providing the outcome for me. Absolutely. And, and and one other, you know, kind of thing, which is, you know, kind of funny that you mentioned that, you know, and I originally planned, you know, that next step of my, of my journey when I originally was like, okay, I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. There were so many things that I did not know that I didn't know. 
So I couldn't plan for things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I knew that this was the direction I was being led in. And it it didn't flop. I mean, obviously, you know, I became best-selling author. Um, obviously, I became very popular. But it did not do what I thought it was going to do. But what it did do is it introduced me to a whole new world of um, social psychology and copywriting and content marketing, you know, so- which- People had questions because you brought it up. So people had mm-hmm. questions about the best-selling author, right? How mm-hmm. many copies have you sold and where were you deemed best-selling author? Okay, we hit number one in three different countries, Canada and the U.S. being two of them. Can't remember the other one off the top of my head. Um, we were number one in business coaching and Christian education on Amazon. So okay. I'm not a New York I'm selling Christian. best author. I am an Amazon best selling author. Education. What deems a person a best selling author? Um, just that that particular day. It doesn't have to be every day. It could be one day. It could be one week. It could be for 45 minutes. Your book actually is the number one fastest moving book um, on that platform. So like, say, for example, you come out on Tuesday and Tuesday you are the number one book on yeah. whatever platform yeah. you came out on. Yeah. Now, when you put that in the context of there being probably at last, last time I looked, it was like 8 million total books released. And there were probably about 4 million books on Amazon. So to hit number one in any category with all of these books being released is is an accomplishment that I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I really don't talk about it a lot because like, somebody asked me when I was in Virginia about it. I was like, I became a best-selling author and went broke at the same time. So even when I talk about it, it kind of has this um, bittersweet thing um, attached to it because when you start talking about making a living as a writer, you're looking at trying to get either a a really big advance from some um, publishing company, which is extremely hard to do, mm-hmm. um, or you're looking at becoming an independent author, which means that um, basically you sell sell it like CDs or you sell it like um, dinners, which is kind of out of the trunk. Um, but the help of Amazon allows you to get downloads. Mm-hmm. So with the downloads, that gives you help. But still, the books are only 20 bucks a pop. So let's just say your car note, $360. Now, you got to sell enough books to cover your car note at $20 a pop. So you're looking at five, 15, you know, like 20 books. And that still doesn't cover the rest of your bills. And when people are doing this, they're not thinking about, hey, man, these books, I got to actually sell them in order to make a profit. So how do I recoup what I invested? Um, and if I had to you know, buy any promotional materials, how do I recoup those? Like those are the things that no one's telling you when you're um, talking about writing a book. People are just like, I can help you get published. People are like, um, you know, come on my show, but it's going to cost you $200. Um, people are like, you should get t-shirts and merchandise, but now how do I sell all of this merchandise that I spent all this money on? Um, and in my case, I was on the radio. It was like 
I'm spending money to be on the radio. So that I had to recoup that on top of all of the other stuff that I invested. And that's where the going broke part went. So it's like, I look at that book and I'm like, the book is great. And I have to remind myself that the information in the book is extremely helpful. But at the same time, the business behind the book is painful because I didn't really understand how to do it at the time. I just thought like anybody else, you, you write a book um, and people are going to buy it. People are going to support, you know, but what you realize and you understand is that support is not a business model. You know, support has um, a limit in time and money. You know, so people might buy a book, but you need people to be buying books all the time. Right. You know, so what I was able to then do is delve into how the marketing worked. And because I had been in sales and because I've been a sales trainer um, at a very high level and been very successful at it, I understood it. And then the other thing is I grew up in hip hop. And I wrote songs and I wrote rap. So really, God was kind of preparing me for the person I am now. And I didn't even know it because I understood songwriting. Um, I understood metaphors and, and how to put together records and how to put together um, marketing plans is really just similar to how you put together a marketing plan for music. And because I've been in sales, I understood how sales work. So. I was probably the first creative person of color that most people ever came in contact with who was able to teach them how the marketing worked, able to put together a plan, able to write the scripts for the plan, and then be articulate enough to do voiceover work to actually help them. So that became a business within itself. And that business became Sedan Long Solutions. And through Sedan Long Solutions, I've generated millions of dollars helping clients um, with my unique ability to turn ideas into income. And at first it was just kind of like, I would be having conversations with people and I'm like, well, all you got to do is, is phrase it like this, or all you got to do is call these people and let them know that you're offering them this. And then it just kind of became my own strategies, um, my own spin on other people's strategies. And I developed processes and practices that now allow me the joy and the freedom that I have. So as you uh, provided services for your clients, well, customers, because customers are paying, right? The word client is, is fine. Okay. So as you provided the services for your clients mm. um, and they grew and their businesses grew, right? Mm -hmm. Did you feel as though, well, they pay for the service. Now they're millionaires, right? So you were a portion of what they did. Do you feel like they should have came back and took you along with them or kicked you down in a special way? Or they already had their plan in place going on and you just provided them the marketing piece? Well, here's the thing. In the beginning... I didn't really understand how pricing or value or any of those things work. Shout out to Alan Weiss, by the way. Alan Weiss, um, million dollar consultant who taught me how to value price. Um, there's a ton of books out there. Um, one sitting on my desk right now is Masterful Marketing. Um, 
So in the beginning, it's like, man, I was making people money and I was charging by the hour and I wasn't charging by the outcome. So I was never um, bitter about it. You know, if I made somebody a lot of money and I didn't make myself enough, it just gave me opportunities to then um, go back into the marketplace and give it another shot and learn. So with that being said, I think the first, like, like I created a portal one time for a client and the portal has probably made them about $500,000. And I think I did it for 750 bucks. So they made probably about $500,000 since I created it and I got seven bucks. Um, now my quote is in the five figures and I usually get anywhere between three and 10% on the back end. So if I made you, well, if I made you $125,000 and I got 3% of that, that would get me an additional 3,500 bucks. So I get paid a portion on the back end, but I also get paid to do the work. Um, the way that looks to me, if I do the work, I should get paid for it. And then if the work turns into money, I should get a portion of the money. But in the beginning, it didn't look like that. Mm -hmm. um, in regard to, to reaching back for me, mm, that's not really their job. I mean, it'd be cool. And I'm, you know, I'm great. And I have a testimonial structure that I adhere to with my clients. And I'm always asking, you know, for clients to, to refer other business. But the reality is it's not their job to make me as rich as them. It's my job to make me as rich as them. So with that being said, yeah, with your pricing poorly, then you can definitely look at yourself and be like, man, I'm, I got to get better at the pricing point. But at the same time, the work still is good, whether or not I got paid um, 10 grand or whether I, I got paid a hundred dollars, the work still works. Hell, I made somebody 20 grand in a month and I got a hundred dollars. And it was all because the information I gave them during the consult and strategy we created is what they didn't use to do 20 grand. But the 20 grand is what got me the referrals to the next customer and the next customer and the next customer. And the, the 1.6 is what got me the next customer so if you do the work, eventually you get another shot at another client because who doesn't want to work with somebody who's never lost the money, especially in a world where a ton of people are losing people money every day. Right. But I get the, the pain of, man, they got $500. I got 750 you know, It just taught me how to better do my job. That's all. Right. So today's episode, we are talking about intent versus the outcome you want to elaborate on that a little bit well yeah absolutely um we kind of been talking about it all along but we just yeah. said what we was talking about well intentions is is kind of what i want it's like oh i want this to happen but then you have to start to put together a plan to get you the outcome because what we're typically taught is set a goal, set a goal, set a goal, set a goal. But then if you never achieve the goal, if you can't stay motivated, if you don't know how to track the goal, all of those things make them reaching the goal almost impossible. So the outcome is really where you want to start to focus your life. Um, like how do I then get what I want? And then you work backwards. So you start outcome first. 
You know, you say, okay, well, I want to get promoted. Okay, well, what would have to happen for me to get promoted? What type of person would I need to be? What type of results would I need to get? What type of effort would I need to put in? Because when you start with the end in mind, then that tells you what you should do. You know, you can now put together a plan that gets you exactly that. If you say, okay, I need $1,000 to go on a trip. Okay, when do I need it by? Okay, well, how much money do I need to save out of every check in order to get on that trip? As opposed to just saying, I want to go on a trip and never actually putting any plan in place. You know, like I said before, you know, it is the stuff that I did at 43 that makes 51 possible. You know, had I not been planning a life where I was free from going back to work, I would have never read the books. I would have never tried to get a client to help let me help them with their marketing. In the beginning, hell, I was doing it just for free because I needed to try the stuff that I was doing to see if it would work. And then when it started working, then people started paying them. The better it worked, the more people paid. But then the next step for me and the next step for you is like, okay, once I know something works, now how do I make it better? You know, how do I make running every day easier? How do I make eating right easier? Because I know I need to eat a certain way in order to get the pounds off. So how do I make it easier? Now, sometimes that might be you paying for meal prep, or sometimes it might mean you become your own meal prep. But now you know the outcome you want, you see what works, and now you just continue to keep perfecting your plan. And what that'll do is it'll allow you to check your progress. Be like, oh, wow, last week I did meal prep and I ate my meal prep every day. Or I ate my meal prep three out of four days. You know, that one day I slipped up and went and, you know, I got me a McDonald's McFlurry or something. But at least in those cases, you have a plan and you can track it. You know, because I was talking about what I wanted, but the thing that made what I wanted possible was I understood what the steps were. You know, and as we roll into the new products that we're about to release, I've already kind of started to put together the plan for how it's going to work. And I've been living toward that, working toward that, spending toward that for the last 12 to 18 months. You know, I haven't been buying, you know, things that I didn't need or that I couldn't write off on my taxes because, hey, I know I want to invest a significant amount of money in the myself in 2023 so let me not worry about any of the things that i was worried about before but if i don't know where i'm trying to get to my intentions could be good but my effort might not be good enough does that make sense it does it makes a lot of sense um i was just sitting here thinking about how and you're talking about meal preps and things like that how people can start working out and stop because they don't get the results they want. I shared a video on Facebook where um, two girls were saying, yeah, we about to go out of town in maybe a month. And so they was all excited and happy and at the track running and, and walking and working out just barely. But as soon as they got done working out, they would go and eat <laughs> crazy food 
and then go back and then by the time it's time for the vacation it's like oh man but if a person you know know what they want and plan ahead they can always go back and revisit you know and and Mm -hmm. we got to stop setting unrealistic goals we know that you're not gonna lose you know 30 pounds in 30 days some people probably can but the average person is not gonna do it and so if people are consistent with anything they'll get some good outcomes and they won't feel like a failure you know and one of the things about that is is just looking at your future self you know what is what is my future self going to be proud of you know because you might not be able to lose 30 pounds in 30 days but in six months you could if you did the following you know, I want to be able to get to a point where, you know, 52 year old me is happy with the results of 51, you know, 51 ran a good race with this body, you know, and 52 is like, man, I'm glad you did because now that it's my turn to use the body, I'm, it's not all used up, you know? So I think, you know, we almost got to take it back to when you were, um, you know, like my, if your parents less than, you know, you want a better life for your children. So you create a fund, you know, it was like, I got a 401k for college or I got a um, college fund for my kid, you know, and you start putting money into it so that when it is time, your kid will be able to get what he needs for his education. But you also want to try to build that same type of bank for yourself. Like, okay, I'm going on vacation next year. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I want the version of me to be fit. I know I want to wear these kind of clothes. I want to do these kind of things. So now what would a person who wants to dress like that, look like that, feel like that do? And then you start to look at what the people who are getting the results that you do want are getting. And then you put together your plan. It's like, okay, let me see some people who are, were 400 pounds and how they got from 400 pounds to 100 pounds. Well, you know, how they lost 100 pounds to get to 300 pounds. Or let me look at some adults that went back to school. Let me see what they did. Or let me see, you know, people over 40 who changed their career, what they did. And then you you can kind of mimic and piggyback and take the best parts of what they did and, and put them into your own um, plan. You know, like I said, you know, I look at 43-year-old me and 43-year-old me had to cut some people off. (laughs) And if you're 41, 42, and you're like, okay, well, I think I want to change careers. Well, you're probably going to have to look at the people that you're currently around and say, okay, these people can go with me and these people can't. And be okay with saying, yeah, the people that are hanging out and spending money, I can't hang with them no more. Cause I need to go to bed because I need those extra hours to work on my business or I need those extra hours to go to the gym or I need those extra hours to write or whatever it is that you're trying to do. So you may have to let some of those people go. Um, it's okay to want what you want too. So even when you're with those people and those people tell you it's impossible, you know, yeah, it might be impossible in six months, but it is definitely not impossible in six years. And yeah, it might where be. may be impossible for them may just be possible for you. Yeah. No. Exactly. And we have to get comfortable with, with not explaining ourselves. You know, it's what I want. 
that I ain't got to deserve it. I ain't got to be good enough to get it. It's what I want. And I'm willing to put forth the effort to figure out how to get it. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, people look at you and say the audacity of you. You know, how dare you want something? Um, I remember telling someone that I was going to become a best-selling author. And they looked at me like, you? <laughs> and how you going to do that? You know, but I had already had a plan in place. So when you do have your dream there, you don't have to explain your dream. You don't have to justify your dream. You know, if God put it in your spirit, you know, work. Because what will happen is that you'll be working against yourself and God if you let people talk you out of it. You know, if you let people convince you that this thing that you smell and, and can taste in your dreams is not for you, now you're working against God. And future you is looking at you like, man, you about to have us working this job that we hate because you won't listen to what the Lord is trying to do for you. You know, because you won't stop going out and spending all our money. Now you're going to have us working when we should be retired or you're going to have us working when we could be chilling. You know, so your future self is eventually going to get this body. You know, you could be 21 all day, but eventually 31 ain't going to get that body and be like, man, I wish you hadn't ate all that junk. <laughs> because now, you know, 31-year-old, you don't get to enjoy the bikini. 31-year-old, you don't get to enjoy um, going out of town because you were irresponsible at 28. You know, if you choose poorly in a relationship or you choose not to wear a condom, you know you should. You know, you could be forcing your future self to have to deal with stuff that you should be dealing with right now. You know, and now 31-year-old, you has to clean it up. But even if you do get cleaned up, maybe, you know, that's good for 40-year-old you. But always keep your mind on where I'm trying to get to, where I'm going, what I'm trying to get more of, because that'll keep you from looking at the stuff that you've been through and it'll help you look at where you're at a little bit differently. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, even with me, like I was sitting on a plane and I was like, okay, so what do I want? And I was like, I want joy and freedom. And then it dawned on me. And I guess maybe I've been ungrateful a little bit in some areas of my life, you know, but I have joy and freedom. You know, I am literally able to do what I want to do with who I want to do it with, how I want to do it on any given day. You know, if I would decide I want to stay another couple of days in Virginia, I could have, you know, because I don't have to um, report back to anybody else because I'm in charge. But with that being said, it was the 43, 44, 45 year old me that made it possible for 51 year old me to do that. Mm. You know, so while people are, you know, hating on your present, do understand that, you know, trouble don't last. You know, I mean, one of the clients that I was meeting with, man, he had felonies. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was dreaming about this when I was incarcerated. And now we're working on a plan to help other men who, um, you know, pay their debt to society and, and reenter, you know, society, have a career path. You know, but again, if he would have committed another crime or he would have fell back in with the same old crowd, 
know, then he wouldn't be in a position that he's in to help other people like him. You know, so, I mean, you have to, to give yourself the chance and part of giving yourself the chance is being more disciplined in the present and being okay with it and not trying to explain it. Um, you know, because your intentions are good, so your wants are, are probably not going to never be anything horrible. You know, you're a good person. You're going to want things that good people want. So even if somebody doesn't get it or understand it, that's on them. You know, the the mission is between you and God. And if God has called you to it, man, trust him. You know, trust him enough to do the work. Trust him enough to go to bed. Trust him enough to cut some people out of your life. Trust him enough to read the books. Trust him enough to reach out to people who could help you. You know, trust him enough to turn off the phone and the TV sometime and just be quiet and talk to him. You know, because, again, it might not be doable in 30 days. You know, but it might be doable in 90 might be doable in six months hell it might take a year but even if it took a year to get something that you really enjoy wouldn't that be worth it because you'll forget or at least i've forgotten a lot of the bad stuff i've been through no i've forgotten the man clients not paying me one christmas and hell going broke you know, I got clients, you know, who I'm doing work for, and they literally just were like, well, we're going to buy Christmas gifts instead of paying you. And that was hard. You know, I mean, I never had to borrow money. I'd always been somebody who was a lender. So, you know, a couple of my friends held me down. And then I came out of the holidays and I started doing digital marketing for women and using Facebook Live. And voila god started blessing me with clients i mean people i had never met people were referring people to me and demanding that they work with me that i didn't even know and the rest is history you know so even if it takes a little while it's still possible you know, I mean, I imagine, you know, even with you, country, you've seen some leaps in your life from where you are to where you where you are from where you were. You know, I mean, what do you what do you get when you look back over your life? Like, what are some of the things that really brought you to where you are now? Um, I had to die to myself when it comes down to where I am now. And I've always sacrificed for everyone else. And so Mm -hmm. we can take, you know, like moving here. Yes, the plan was put into place. A timeline was drawn up. I did a lot of saving um, because it was about 15,000 to do the move. Mm -hmm. And to be able to come and get set up. But when I talk about dying to self, I had to allow and place myself on the back burner 
to make sure that everybody that was under my umbrella moving across the country um, were okay. Mm -hmm. And so just that daily commitment to them um, was humbling, but I definitely lost some pieces of me. Um, I feel like I missed out on some things that I shouldn't have missed it, missed out on, but mm -hmm. you know, it kind of comes with the territory when you're giving yourself for the cause of somebody else. The intent was for all of us to be okay and to be able to, you know, um, be productive and live out things in the way that I saw it, but it just didn't happen like that, you know? Right. And you said something um, that was just like, that's true. Trouble don't last always. And so sometimes you're in the mountains, sometimes you're in the valley, and sometimes you're just sailing away, you know? But throughout all of those times, uh, shifts take place. Wind blows in a different direction. And so the me now is still trying to figure out what does that plan look like? Where do I want to be? Do I want to be in Washington? Do I want to be in Indiana? Do I just want to throw a dart at the map and just pop up somewhere else? You know, I feel like I'm skilled enough wherever I go, I will be okay. And so that alone time and waiting on God to, to tell me what direction I need to go in. I know what my heart says, right? Mm -hmm. But then I have to be patient enough and trusting enough to not put my best foot forward, to try to complete a will that God already has aligned for me. I just need to wait to see what it's going to look like. I, I just heard, wait, I say, you know, so we have to stop forcing open doors sometimes because on the other side of those forced doors can be sickness and death and you know, just all of the wrong stuff when you force a door open. Nothing good come out of that. You get some type of injury. Something mm -hmm. just spiral out when you right. force open doors. You know, doors should be easy to kind of go through when you have God as the the pilot of your life. And so it starts up top. <laughs> you know, it starts in the mind. But then you got to your mind and your heart have to talk so that you can make sure you're doing the right things for yourself, for your family, just in general, you know? Mm. And that's why you really have to, to hold on to what the outcome you're trying to get to is um, because it makes your effort more meaningful. You know, it's like, okay, I need everybody to be okay. So what do I need to do to make sure everybody's okay. And sometimes you're right. That might mean, okay, I got to take less. You know, and I might have to take less on this deal um, to make sure everybody's okay. Um, I might have to be the one that skips lunch to make sure everybody's okay. Because the ultimate goal is that we get to where we're trying to go. And I think a lot of times everybody wants to go where they're trying to go in a limo or in a fancy luxury car and they don't make it because they spent all that money um, trying to look good getting there, you know, and whereas Eric Badu pack light. So when you start to look at it, it's like, where am I trying to get to? And are my actions lining up with where I'm trying to go? 
you know, I say I want to move to Atlanta or I say I want to move, um, you know, to whatever city, you know, am I spending my money like a person that's trying to move to Atlanta? You know, am I considering all the things that I need to save for to move to Atlanta? You know, because what you'll see a lot of times is people tell you their goals and then they go right out the door and do something else that does have has no um <laughs> you know bearing or it does not align with whatever it is they said they were trying to do. You know, you'll hear guys say they want to get married and then the next thing <laughs> out of their mouth, what's up with the old girl? Didn't you just tell me you was trying to get married? Yeah, yeah. man, but old girl though, well. You, you yeah, might. but that's that that's that overthinking of the mind. You know, they're not ready yet. They still got a little jiggle in them that they need to get out that may never come out, right? So it's got to be some restraint in it. And that's the thing. I mean, to which leads me to my next point is you can't do anything and expect to get what you want. You know, um, people say, like one of my favorite um, authors is Trevor Moad. And he was interviewing Vince Carter and him and Vince were standing. Vince Carter is a former NBA player and him and Vince were standing around talking. And Vince was like, these young guys, they can do anything. And Trevor was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, they think that they can play 20 years in the league, but still smoke weed, still drink, still eat a bunch of fast food, still get no sleep. You know, if you're going to play 20 years in the NBA, you're going to have to take care of your body. You're going to have to get you some rest at night. You're going to have to eat better. You know, and if you don't eat better, take care of your body and get some rest, you won't be here that long. And that's kind of the thing that you have to look at. You know, um, one of my favorite scriptures is um, where there is no vision that people perish. But there is a um, translation that says where there is no vision the people cast off restraint. You know, so if you're not looking at what it is I want and what does it take to get it, then you'll just do and eat everything. You know, you'll just talk and act any kind of way. You know, um, a lot of times people tell you they want to get promoted and then you're like, but why are you constantly showing up to work late? So you probably are not going to be in line for a promotion if you can't get to work on time. That just, that just doesn't go together. You know, they're not going to say, Hey, give me the person that's got 13 lates and four write-ups and let me make them the leader of the team. You know, so if you're going to be the leader of the team, then you got to tighten up and move like a leader. You know, people say they want to get married. Like, okay, well you can't be married and be a hoe young man. <laughs> at least not a good husband you know not one who isn't hurting and embarrassing his wife you know so again you have to make the decision to do what the job requires you know for me you know it's like I gotta write I gotta I gotta write I gotta research so if I'm never writing I'm never researching then how am I getting better how am I then putting myself in a position to charge more money, get better results? Because I'm not doing the work. And if I'm not doing the work, it's going to reflect in the outcomes of my clients, which then is going to reflect my pockets. You know, like I said, it was the wins 
that made it easier for me to get new clients, even when my pricing wasn't what it needed to be. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that everything went perfect, but it's a whole lot easier to sit in a room with somebody that you did work for and they made money and them hire you again because you made the money once. You know, the Bible says, go get Mark for his good for the ministry. You know, so I like to, to take that same approach, you know, go get Saddam because he's good for business. You know, but if you're not doing the thing that makes you more valuable to yourself first, then how can you be more valuable to others? You know, like country said, I had to take the back, you know, some of my wants, you know, I had to put on hold in the present so that I could have the things that I needed to make sure my family was going to be able to make it. You know, they talk about the marshmallow theory. They look at kids um, between the ages of three and five, they sit them in a room, you know, and they tell the kids, I'll be back in five minutes. And then they leave a marshmallow on the table. And, but before they leave, they say, Hey, if you don't eat that marshmallow, I'll bring back two more for you. And the kids who ate the marshmallow um, statistically over time are less successful than the kids who didn't eat the marshmallow, you know, because the kids who didn't eat the marshmallow were able to control their bodies. They were able to delay gratification. So they were able to, as adults, go to college and not drop out. They were able to lose weight because they could go past McDonald's when they were stopping. You know, they were able to maintain marriages because they were able to not fall victim to their lust. You know, so you can't just say, hey, I'm going to cast off restraints and pray about it. You know, I mean, there has to be some works and some faith. You know, and if you trust God, then you just keep working, even if it don't look like it's working. Mm -hmm. You know, it don't look like it's working. And then tomorrow the phone rings and somebody want to pay you. I mean, I was doing Facebook lives and I got a client doing Facebook lives. You know, like, oh, okay. Just talking about what I do. And they referred me a client who, when the client sent me the message, I didn't get the message. I just happened to clean my um, inbox out one day. And I was like, well, who is this? And I hit the guy back. I was like, you still need help? He was like, yeah, I still need help. Okay, cool. Call me tomorrow. So even when it doesn't look like it's working, it's working. You just have to walk into it. But you have to be faithful enough to the future that you're able to walk through it not working in the present. So you get to the point where it does work. You know, if you're a Steve Harvey fan, Steve Harvey was homeless. And then he got his break. You know, so you have to look at that. Um, Tyler Perry was sleeping in his car. Now he owning BET. BET, baby. And VH1. Right. You know, so again, the Bible says not to despise humble beginnings. You know, so this is the time to, to set an intention based around the outcome you're trying to to achieve. And then live patiently and consistently until you reach it. Um, if you go back, you look at Jesus, you know, when he was in the synagogue, he was 12 years old. You know, they went on a little vacation. 
and you know he had dipped off and they realized they had left without him but when those men sat down with him they were like oh this boy been studying he had been studying. He was putting in work at 12 for something that didn't happen to him. He was 33. You know, so how are you, you going to show your patience and your faithfulness? You know, what are you going to do even when it doesn't look like it's working until it works? Um, you know, in the hood, what we say, stay down until you come up. You know, so what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to ride it out? You know, or are you going to start panicking? You know, are you going to stay faithful to it? You know, stay intentional, even when other people are talking crazy to you? You know, because the reality is, either you're going to trust what God has put in you or you're not. And God is not going to let you be a fool. So if you stay with it long enough, eventually your faithfulness is going to kick in. You know, it's going to be something there for you. It's going to be some elevation for you. Um, now, this might not be scripture, but it is my own personal belief. Um, sometimes you got to be in those valleys just so God can prove that he got. You know, sometimes, you know, he got to give you manna. <laughs> just to prove but if he never gets you out there in the middle of nowhere then you never need the manna you know because like i said you know i've been broke broke you know go give blood broke you know look out the window hope they ain't take my car broke and i've been able to persevere through those things with the grace of god to now i'm in a completely different place but those things help me you know i'm able to look back on them fondly and i promise you if you stay down and you stay consistent and you stay focused on the things that you know are important to you and your future then you won't have to worry about whether or not it works or not because it will It absolutely will. So what are you thinking? I'm thinking takeaways. So we have to remember that our mind, and I think we say this over and over and over again in these podcasts, you know, seeing is believing, first of all. And once you see it, Right. It, it changed the game. Like, I didn't believed about this for so long, but now it's actually here and it increases our faith. Right. But everything for real starts up in our head. We can talk ourselves into something. We can talk ourselves out of stuff, missing out on what God has in store for us. Know what you want. Perfect your plan. And go back and revisit it as needed. Sometimes you may have everything in the order that you wanted in. And then you have to go back and redo it again. Because maybe that order you had is not the order that God wanted it to be in. And so we skip around. But eventually in the end, it does work out. But you have to stay consistent. 
um, sometimes you have to research other people just to see what they did to achieve the positive outcomes that they receive in their lives. But we need to also look at the failures, like what caused a lot of the Kmarts to close? You know, mm. what caused a lot of the Sears to close? They were great businesses at one point and all of the companies just started to fail. So in doing research, you want to look at what made them thrive and what made them fall. Can I, can I, can I, yeah. can I? Yes, please. Okay. See, here's the thing about the, the big, too big to fail companies that we grew up with. They didn't grow. They didn't change. You know, Netflix tried to work with Blockbuster <laughs> and Blockbuster was like, nah, we good. So now, because they did not continue to serve their customers and, and keep their finger on the pulse of what was important, which was serving our customers better, customers better, they missed the boat. You know, the same thing with Sears and, and all of these big boxes that are closing. Had they done a better job of being focused on the things that were important to their customers, i.e. important to their future, they'd still be in business. You know, because they would have been like, okay, well, we're just going to start our own delivery service. You know, because at some point, I'm sure Kmart was big enough to, to have their own vans and own trucks. Um, I'm sure at some point Kmart could have got their own little um, senior citizen bus and went to the senior citizen house and picked them up and brought them to the Kmart. You know, imagine if they would have did that, the type of loyalty they would have gotten from those customers. But instead, they let Jeff Bezos and Walmart mm -hmm. and those people take better care of their customers than them to the point where they moved them out the way. So, again, you have to <clears throat> continue to do the thing that you know you need to do, which is stay locked in. They didn't stay locked in. And because they didn't stay locked in, they no longer exist. No. But the fact that we're mentioning it to you, you have to figure out what your main thing is. You know, if your main thing is I got to work out, then work out. If your main thing is I got to eat, then eat. If your main thing is I got to make time to do my homework, homework is how I pass these tests, then you need to make time to do your homework. Because whatever it is, if you stay faithful and focused to it, it'll bear fruit. You know, but if you drift away from the thing that you know you need to do and then you try to come and cram or you try to come with a shortcut, that, that might not work. And even if it did, it did work, that's not long term. Um, it's not sustainable long term. So you definitely have to stay locked in. You know, it might not be one week. It might not be two weeks. It might not be three weeks. It might be two, three, four weeks, months, years. But if you don't faint, you know, you'll eventually reach your goal. So, you know, that's the thing. It's like they don't get, you know, don't get sidetracked on stuff that don't matter or people who don't matter. Um, and I'm just led to say this. The person that you want to be with, it might be your future self that meets him, not your present self. So. Make sure that you do what you need to do to put yourself in the position so when that person does come along, you're taking care of your business. You know, that you've healed and come to terms with the things that happened to you as a child and you are grateful and, and kind and gracious. 
because that might be where your partner is and the you that is grateful, kind, virtue, you know, graceful, virtuous. But if you're none of those things currently, or if you're still conflicted about being those things, then you might not be in the position that you need to be in to get what you want. No, he might be out there. She might be out there. No, she might just need to see you differently, but until you act differently, she can't see you. You know, God's not going to give you his best gift and you're still operating at half of your capacity. You know, so stay faithful. Prove that you're faithful. Let God be able to trust you. And then, you know, trust him in return. All right, I'm jumping back in. Go right ahead. (laughs) Trouble don't last. Always. It may just be a tough season that you're going through. And so whatever that season is, it's always a lesson in everything. Whether you're happy or sad or rich or poor, there is always a lesson to be learned in everything that you're going through. And so just remember that trouble don't last always. Again, we talked about the mountains. We talked about the valley. We talked about the sailing in the middle. All of those are seasons that we encounter. So allow yourself the chance to achieve the things that God gave you. Don't dismiss what God is putting on your heart because it's a blessing in there for you. If you kicking it out every time God put it in there, eventually he'll quit sending you deposits. Right. So we have to be mindful of that. Don't let your mind take you out and miss the blessing. Doing anything produces strange results. <laughs> like Saddam says, stop doing anything. Stop being out here doing the most, expecting to get the best. That's just not how it works. Best, most, two different ones. Ask yourself, is my efforts meaningful? What does that look like? What does it look like as I put forth good faith? Is it worth it? Does it mean something? And lastly, even if it takes a while, it is still possible. Sometimes you can plant a seed at eight years old and then the seeds start to grow at 12. And then at 33, you become this great Messiah. And so we have to be mindful of that. But I want it right now. Well, sometimes some stuff has to sit in the crock pot. We're living in this microwavable world and everybody wants it right now. It's okay to be patient and do your best. Stay faithful and stay focused. And on that note, if you're hanging out with me, I'll hang out with you. Peace.